bringing you fresh thinking about people, culture, well-being and leadership inspired by real stories. With your hosts, Natasha Wallace and Blair Palmer. It's the Human Revolutionary Show. Hello and welcome back to the Human Revolutionary Show. <laughs> Hello, Natasha. How are you? Hello, Blair. I'm good. I'm good. Although, isn't it freezing? Yeah. Yes. Now, you came over and sat in my garden a few days ago, and we thought it was cold that day. Then the next day was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. We weren't together, um, but it was so beautiful. And now it's, yeah, it's freezing. And I mean, what's yeah, going we on? Yeah, we cricket and had a barbecue um, on the one sunny day that was sandwiched between the snow. Um, and then the day after the cricket, it started snowing. I can believe it. Yeah, no, it's um, it's very weird. So here am I back in my scarf and my thick socks and a, I might go and get a blanket for my knees. Yeah, I put thermal socks on this morning. But I tell you what, doesn't it just go to show how much we absolutely just flourish in the sun? Yes. You know, we were outside, you know, I had, I bought one of those disposable barbecues. Um, I need to buy like, you know, proper, proper barbecue. But yeah, bought one of those disposable barbecues. I felt like I was back, you know, a teenager on the beach with my mates again. It was so uplifting. And then we didn't have a cricket set. So we just got some sort of branches from some trees and made some stumps in the garden. We had the dog's ball and a tennis racket. That's how we play cricket. And uh, it was just great, absolutely, really, really uplifting. And then it got cold. Yeah. The um, I was telling you before we hit record that I had some nice news over the weekend, and um, and it made me cry. It was so lovely that it made me cry. And uh, I was amazed at this reaction because I've been keeping quite a stiff upper lip about things you know, generally, just like nothing particularly bad, but just like life over the last year or so, I've kind of locked my emotions away um, in a very healthy, <laughs> in a very healthy manner. Um, and, and the main emotion that I have been aware of has been sort of anger, frustration, tension, those kind of, those kind of emotions, um, or nothing, completely flat. Uh, but when I heard this lovely news over the weekend, I burst into tears of joy. And it was such a pleasant feel it's such a such a, a a wake up to my emotional range just to have a different emotion just to have a different feeling <laughs> to the normal feeling and it really I really enjoyed having that having a change having a a cry out of pure joy and love and you know happiness but it did shine a light on wow I've not felt this happy about anything for quite a long time, which it is a bit shocking, really. Yeah. And I wondered how many other people have have just, you know, very little to look forward to, very little that is just pure happiness. I, I mean, may, and maybe that's why we were enjoying the sun so much, because it was, oh, just a beautiful day is really, really appreciated. And I thought, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there will be people, well, I would say the majority of people have missed out on the range of emotions and the range of experiences that we would have had 
in a pre-pandemic world. And I think that it's going to be quite an interesting transition for us as we move from one state to another. I mean, this is, I mean, this, this is probably going to sound a bit weird when it comes out. I hadn't, hadn't rehearsed this, but I, I sat in another friend's garden the other day. Um, it was the first day we were allowed to do it. And uh, it was a sort of impromptu little, little garden sit. And um with my friend who's just on maternity leave. So that was lovely. That was, you know, she was chilled. It was really nice to see her. Um, And her husband, who I hadn't seen for a while, came out into the garden. And I know we're not supposed to do this, but he put his hands on my shoulders. And it felt amazing. I mean, this is why it sounds so dodgy. You know, my my friend's husband put his hands on my shoulders. Uh, and it felt amazing. Um, we're, we're good friends. Um, and it was just to have that human touch. And I said to him, wow, I mean, that just felt so warm and close and intimate, like that, that wonderful intimacy that you achieve when you, when you hug somebody, I guess. I think it's going to be strange going back to that. I mean, it was lovely, um, but I hadn't realised how much I missed it. Yeah, I think we're going to come face to face with some very um, uh, surprising reactions and responses, emotional responses. Uh, Some of them are going to be difficult and some of them are going to be amazing. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, which as ever, in a way, links us to quite nicely to our uh, work in the news story. So shall we talk about that? Let's do it. Work in the news. So the story is, now I was thinking about this. We, we've done a royal story already, and now we're going to do another royal story. We're like, royals in the news. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this week's this week's royals in the news is Prince Harry has yet another job hmm. uh, with a coaching and mental well-being company called Better Up. And uh, I first found out about this because my dad sent me a text saying Prince Harry's becoming a coach, and um, I was irritated because. Uh, Everyone wants to be a coach. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, not another one. Uh, But that's not really the story, is it? No, it's not the story. Um, So Better Up are a San Francisco-based tech company. They started out in 2013. Um, They've got about 270 employees, so that'll give you an idea of the scale of the company. And they class themselves as the global leader in mobile-based coaching. They've got over 2,000 coaches. Um, so basically, the, the whole proposition is about democratized coaching across organizations. So you and I, we're, we're exec coaches, we coach leaders. Um, and, and really, that's, that's where coaching has, has shown up, I guess, over the last couple of decades. Increasingly so, isn't it? You know, for, for leaders to really excel, especially um in high pressure or, or larger organizations they're probably going to have a coach but what better up have done is they have basically 
offered or like they're offering this coaching to to anybody in the organization um and i mean i quite like it i quite like this idea of um giving people access to coaching um regardless of whether they're a high performer or a senior leader etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, now they seem to be doing quite well i mean they've just been they've just raised 125 million pounds in series d funding so they've already had lots and lots and lots of funding so unless you know unless they're making absolutely no money at all and they're just uh, you know very good at raising funding and living on that i would say they're probably doing fairly well and from a pr perspective this is fantastic for them the fact that prince harry has come in as their chief impact officer um, if, if, you know, I hadn't heard of these people, bearing mind I'm a coach, I hadn't heard of these people. Now I have. And I could, you know, that there's definitely going to be more calls to better up to get uh, their coaching provision into organizations. I mean, they're a US firm. So, I mean, maybe, maybe it's just because we're in the UK that I hadn't heard of them. Um, I would like to think that this is this decision on Harry's part has absolutely been made with the best of intentions. So um, his, his raison d'etre is to improve mental health. That's, you know, he's, he's become known for that, as has Megan. Um, and this organisation, through providing coaches to people, will support mental health and mental fitness as opposed to sort of mental ill health. You know, we're looking at the wellness end of um, the well-being scale, so to speak. Um, there is the possibility that now that Prince Harry and Meghan have got this quite large team of PR and marketing folk, <laughs> that this is just all part of the big marketing PR engine. But I'd like I'd like to think that he's actually going to do some good with this. But what do you think? Yeah. So um, I'm I really think it's important the work that he and Prince William over the years have done to raise awareness around mental health. Um, and, you know, of course, he's not the only one that there is a general move around the corporate world now to, to have higher profile on, on mental well-being and and all of that. Um, so that side of it, I'm really happy about. And I no ill wishes towards a, a competitor coaching firm at all. <laughs> Better up and I and not, you know, in the same market at all. Um, I do not have 2000 coaches working for me and Prince Harry on my board. Um, I, I guess what what I if I'm uncomfortable about anything, I mean, I, I don't like the idea that maybe it is just PR because, you know, it's just, I don't want to think of somebody who's not worked in the corporate world ever before being manipulated into, it reminds me a little bit of how I used to be a, an associate coach. I, I had my own business, but a lot of my work was associate work. And I would be asked by what seemed like bigger coaching companies to be one of their associates. And there was maybe some sort of intake process. And then they would put my bio and my photo on their website. And I would never get any work at all from them. But there was me looking pretty impressive, you know, on their website and kind of giving credibility to their business. But they would often take all of the work 
themselves. It was only if they were very, very busy and they literally could not cope that they would ask for the over the, the overspill would go to their associates. Mm. And I started to get really irritated about that, that my credibility and everything I had done over what was probably eight, 10 years of, of um, coaching experience at that point and the books that I'd written at that point and everything was enhancing their brand, but wasn't actually bringing me anything mm. personally. And so I really stopped doing associate work. And I would hate to think that, um, that that's in a way what Prince Harry was. He was just a, a name that was giving credibility to, to a commercial organization. And because he's a bit naive about it as I was, he's not recognizing that that's what's going on. So there's a little, I'm hate to think that, but that for me, there is something that's a bit more fundamental. And, you know, our job here is to look at these stories through an HR lens. And so when I do that, I am a little uncomfortable about the democratization, as you've called it, of coaching. It's not that I don't think that people, that ordinary, you know, employees shouldn't have a coach. Of course, a coach is beneficial pretty much no matter where you are in an organization. To have somebody to, to talk to, to, to reflect back, to enhance your self-awareness, to share with you models and tools and resources and stuff to help you to grow as a person, as a leader. Of course, I'm in favor of that. I've been a coach for 20 years. But the idea that that is, that's almost job done, that, oh, well, everyone's got, a, everyone's got access to a coach if they want to use one. So, you know, now just kind of get on with your job, please. It, it feels like it uh, takes away responsibility from the leaders to be the coach for their people. It doesn't have it doesn't help, I don't think, to enhance the culture, particularly because this is one on one coaching, um, whereas, you know, th these performers, if, if we think of them a bit like like elite athletes, I don't really like that analogy. But if we think of them as elite athletes, they're not running the 100 meters. They're in a rugby team or a football team. They're they're a team. And so the dynamic between them and the other players on the pitch and the start, you know, the sort of behind the scenes stuff that you always get in a sports team. Um, that's what matters. And one-to-one -one coaching is only one element of, of a much more um, complex and sophisticated system. So, so I feel this isn't anything specifically against better up. It's more to say that, if you bring in a company who is purely interested in doing one-to-one -one coaching, you have to acknowledge that that is not job done when it comes to creating a great culture, creating healthy, happy employees that can bring their whole selves to work. It isn't that, even though it might seem like, well, we've done that. We, we provided a coach for everyone. So stop complaining, get on with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's an incredibly important point. And, you know, in all of the well-being work that I do, I talk about internal and external conditions and that you need both of those things in order to support well-being in the workplace. And what I mean by that is that you have to enable people to take care of themselves. And, and that that's so, so broad. So that's everything from allowing them to work in a way that suits their needs. Um, 
giving them very, very clear direction around what they need to achieve in their role and then giving them the space to deliver that, enabling them to develop themselves and support their development in the workplace, um, creating an environment where they feel as though they can be themselves. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that you need to put in place for people to be able to do an effective job and to feel well at work and to take care of themselves, you know? Um, and it is, this, it is this coming together of the environment they work in and also the extent to which they really know how to take care of themselves that leads them to feel well and to flourish. Now, I think that, you know, certainly from the work that we do around coaching, a lot of that is about helping people to better understand themselves so that they even understand what their needs are in the first place, that they understand what their strengths are, they understand what makes them happy, they understand what's going to bring out the best in them at work. Um, and also sometimes we will help to give people voice. We will, give, we will help to give them the confidence to go and actually speak up for what they need and to recognise that they matter too. You know, in the, in the big scheme of things, in the big system of, in which they work, they actually matter. And it's about enabling them to um, put themselves as well as the system first. Um, but you're right, you know, without the right environment, no amount of coaching is going to help. I mean, in, in, my, in my book, The Conscious Effect, um, I talked about um, vitamins. So I, it was this analogy, and I was just one day, I was in my kitchen, there was a whole pile of vitamins and minerals on the side. I mean, there must have been, I don't know, 15 pots of different, you know, things. And every morning I would, you know, get all my little tablets out and take them all with my smoothie with, that had some sort of probiotic in it or something. And um, I just thought this is really interesting because on the one hand, I was taking all these vitamins and minerals, but on the other hand, you know, I could be accused of working too many hours, not doing enough exercise <laughs> um, and not doing the other thing things that I need to keep myself well. So I feel very virtuous, of course, you know, because I take all of these vitamins and minerals, but actually I'm not doing the whole thing to make, keep myself well. And, you know, you could argue that actually doing exercise and working less probably even better for you than taking a whole pile of vitamins and minerals. And I talked about the idea that the organizations do this. They say, you know, have this amazing benefits package. They may even pay you fairly well. They may give you beautiful office space or now, you know, in our evolved world, the world, they might let you work from home um, or, or create, you know, co-working spaces for people to drop into or whatever it is they do. And then on the other hand, they're giving you way too much work. Your manager isn't there to support you. There's no opportunity for development. There's lots of infighting and politics going on that impacts decision making, the ability for you to get stuff done. Um, and so they're giving you on the one hand, all the vitamins and the minerals, but, you know, they're not allowing you to do your exercise, you know, that sort of idea. So you have to have the co combination of those two things. And you're right. I think that it would be irresponsible for any organization to simply think that providing people with coaching so they can sort themselves out is the fix to well-being of course it's not because we know the research shows that actually the majority of of underperformance cases or cases where people aren't doing the work or aren't getting the things done that we want them to get done is environmental we know that so we know that it's the environment in which people operate that is the biggest 
contributor to their performance, either positively or negatively. So provide the coaching for sure, but but you but that's not that's not the final answer. There's so much more you have to think about. Yeah. And and for me, it's the it's the conversations between colleagues that really move things forward. So while you can do some of that thinking about where do I stand on this? How much of my resistance is my stuff getting in the way, et cetera, all of that kind of stuff you can do one-to-one. I mean, it's very valuable to do one-to-one. The next step is that you have to make that a conversation between people. Mm. And I mean, coaches and other types of sort of facilitative skills can definitely help with that. Um, But can be an integral part of that but it has to it has to be that part of the picture as well it can't just be these private conversations in private rooms has to somehow become public well you know what I was I was thinking about you know if I was giving Harry some advice so going back to your point about I hope you know I hope Harry knows what he's letting himself in for here so if I was giving Harry some advice as, as his coach, although as a coach, you probably shouldn't be giving advice, should you? Ah, 101. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as, as Harry's mentor, if I was giving Harry some advice as a mentor, I think that, you know, he has got an amazing platform. He's, he's a famous person who's now advocating for um, improve mental health from an organizational perspective. So this, you know, this alliance with BetterUp has now positioned him as probably the leading well-known person in, in this space. So, you know, part of his role is supposed to be around um, guiding BetterUp's social mission and impact and influencing their vision, a lot of which is about improving mental fitness in in the workplace, I guess. And uh, I would hope now that Harry's in a position to be speaking with global leaders around how we can really, really change the agenda from a corporate perspective. So, for instance, when Rishi Sunak last week came out basically saying, right, we all need to get back to work now, guys. Um, which I was mortified by, if I'm honest, because, you know, the amount of work that organisations have been doing over the last probably six to nine months to transition to a hybrid working model, which allows people more flexibility in the way that they work in order to better support their well-being. Um, and Rishi then came out. I mean, Boris had already done it, but, you know, I, I don't I don't. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't have high hopes for Boris. I mean, obviously he is the prime minister, but I'd expect Boris to say something clumsy like, come on, chaps, you know, we've had enough time off of work. Let's get back into the into the office now, which is obviously what he did say. But Rishi supported this by saying, yeah, let's get back to work. Um, Now, I would want Harry to be getting on the phone to Rishi. I'm sure he's probably got him on speed dial and saying that that's not helpful. That's not a helpful narrative. How do we balance the economic need for us to be at work and back in the cities and back in the, in the shops and, and moving the economy with this need to better support um, employee wellbeing? So I, I want him to do something meaningful. And I, th- I hope he will. I hope this isn't a commercial endeavour where he takes part of the 125 million 
Series D funding um, into his coffers. It looks good for him and it looks good for Alexei Robicho, the CEO of Better Up. I really, really would love for him to use this as a platform to do something meaningful. Because, of course, then anybody working in the well-being space, of which I am one of them, that makes our job so much easier. You know, because rather than well-being and employee well-being and doing the right thing and creating the right culture and creating the right environment for people to work in, rather than that becoming a nice to have, it, it starts to become a have to have. And actually, I think that over the next three to five years, inevitably, it's going to be a have to have. So the sooner that people, organizations recognize that, and Harry hopefully will help with that, then the better. And we will start to create more meaningful workplaces. Yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing if, you know, I feel like government, um, I mean, politicians in general and maybe the civil service that sits behind them are very, very out of touch when it comes to what the potential is in terms of transforming the way that we work, the relationship that people have with their work, the relationship that companies have with their people and with the communities in which they operate with the world at large. Um, there's just so much. We're just on, on the cusp, I think, of a, of a human revolution. Um, and, and yet it's almost as though those institutions are... are the image that comes to mind is like a tug of war and they're sort of pulling, trying to pull us back, back, back to this industrial type of attitude mindset as if that's the only option. And, and it would be amazing, wouldn't it, if someone like Prince Harry, who, as you say, could pick up the phone to any of these people and that they would probably be a bit chuffed, you know, to be in the in the sort of company of sort of royalty, ex-royalty, um, if that made a difference and that shifted their perspective, even by a few degrees, about what might be possible. Harry, your job at Better Up should be about bettering society and getting corporate well-being further up the agenda and helping organisations to understand what they need to do differently. Um, as opposed to improving Better Up's commercials. But I'm sure, you know, it's quid pro quo, isn't it? But if he can do both, that's uh, that's the ultimate outcome. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you. Really, really good conversation. So um, please do share your opinions with us. Connect with us on LinkedIn. That's the best place to find us. And uh, leave a review and a star rating on Apple Podcast or wherever it is that you're listening to this because it helps people find us and be part of the conversation. So, um, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.